This is Joe Costello's WFO Radio Ignition. Covering everything that has wheels, an engine, and a driver. The reason I race is to get the chicks. You know what I mean? <laughs> NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, sports cars, and NHRA drag racing. Hey, guys, just want to let you know, WFO rocks. WFO Radio is total motorsports. It's just so cool. Fasten your seatbelts. Fire up the ignition and drop the hammer. Yeah, let's do it. Now, here's your host, Joe Costello. WFO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. WFO Radio. Joe C. here. And what a day it has been. What a day. What a tremendous and wonderful day it has been following the big Thanksgiving Long weekend, extended weekend. It has been tremendous, and I just want to get everybody up to speed on so much that has gone down. Oh, yeah. No, it was a busy day for me, and uh, I know that everybody is listening on Tuesday, for the most part, like late night, late night, Monday night, and Tuesday morning. This is your going to work music, and so I want to tell you about something that is going down at 10 a.m. Eastern time that you might want to check out that I will be participating in. I don't want to take you away from Ignition, definitely not, but at epartstrade.com, eparttrade, excuse me, eparttrade.com, I have been a, uh, a guest seminar host all week long as they do their industry week, and at 10 a.m. we'll be hosting a 50-minute long seminar slash discussion with Antron Brown and Ron Capps. And it is free for the public. It is very cool. It is interesting and uh, fun and a lot of insights. If you're listening to WFO on a regular basis, you probably get the vibe, right? Well, they have invited me to participate. Uh, I did three seminars today. It was very interesting and fun. Tuesday, it will be 10 a.m., Ron Caps and Antron Brown. Of course, if you've missed it, you can go back and watch after the fact. But then later on in the afternoon, I think... 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll dig it up in a little bit. Jim Oberhofer, Ron Tobler, Nikki Bonafanti, and Kurt Elliott with a Nitro Crew Chief extravaganza. 50 minutes of stories and chaos. You're going to love it if you're a drag racing fan, and I know you are. So eparttrade.com. You can find it. I posted it on my social. I will be posting it in the morning. You will find it. There you go. There's your public service announcement and also we want Costello to have the big numbers right that's the kind of part that nobody says out loud but I'll say it out loud oh yeah Jeff Hammond is on there Brad Gilly is on there we want Joe Costello and the drag racing to have the big numbers like where did all these people come on at 10 a.m eastern time oh my gosh it was like a tidal wave for the drag racers a little extra motivation speaking of highly motivated individuals on Monday Highly motivated. Let's bring him on, Mr. Giovanni in Miami. Giovanni, what's up, Gio? Well, all right. And you Ooh, thought... And, highly motivated, caffeinated Monday. Yeah, Are you? I was. I did. No, well, not all day. All day, every weekday. I had to work today for the first time in, like, forever, so... Oh, yeah? You had to back was, at work uh, it blues? Was, it was, yeah, it was very tough to get back in the in the grind of, of having to go to work. Lord! Yeah. Having to go to work, having to go to work is uh, is something that, you know, it's relative, right? Like, I felt like I'm doing this e-part trade thing, and I'll mention it a few times because we had some really interesting stuff, chassis dynamics, all kinds of really stuff, like, way over my head. I did my best, learned a lot, 
and it was great. But coming in here into the Costello Media Studios and connecting with 119 countries around the world, man, it's kind of weird. But then again, that's WFO on a regular basis, so it was really a good deal. So what is the latest you drink coffee to be able to sleep like normal? Like, like my dad will drink a cup of coffee at 10 o'clock at night and go to sleep. But I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. What about you, caffeinated? Uh, I, I guess I don't know. I've never really considered. I, I Sometimes I'll have coffee fairly late, what, you know, 6, 7, 8 o'clock. Sometimes or, you know, like sometimes no, I stay regularly. up till 4 in the morning. Sometimes. And so maybe no, I would have not. a cup of coffee at 8 o'clock at night. But on a normal night, when I have to get up in the morning... I usually restrict my coffee till after five, you know, before 5 p.m. After five, I have restless sleep because I'm caffeinated. Right. Yeah, no, I don't Man. consider that. You know, it's, I, I mean, I, I usually consume my coffee like well, during my work hours. And, but I'm not beyond having, you know, no coffee later on at past five o'clock if I felt like it. I don't consider the coffee, oh, yeah, it'll keep me up. I mean, I'm not going to have one now. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You talk about how, you know, you caffeinated, meaning that you're caffeinated. That's what I'm thinking. It's like you're up. You got to, you're up caffeinated. So I was wondering. I'm trying to get up for for you. You're clearly uh, not caffeinated. You're definitely not caffeinated right now. And the audience can tell. And it's no big deal. But it's uh, it's ignition. And I want to tell everybody, like, first of all, Geo, I, I did something that maybe is ill-advised, but I told the Patreons, you know, the special VIP audience, that I would share the link so that they could watch the show happen. Right. Yes. Well, we did that already last week. Well, we did really? it last week. I wouldn't call it like a rousing success, but it was kind well, of I interesting. I think we had m- multiple Patreons call in. We did. A plethora some would say. Some might. But this week, I did a Monday motivation. I was super fired up. I was like, man, I'm excited about Ignition. We're going to talk about Roman Grosjean and the crazy, horrific crash that is really debatably the worst crash you know, ever, maybe. Uh, it's debatable. We can talk about it. We had the big Tyson versus Roy Jones fight and... You know, the Dolphins beating the Jets, some sports collision stuff. We, we, we can have a very entertaining show. And so I jumped on the Patreon for the Monday Motivation Show in between doing a couple of these seminars because I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't leave the Patreons without their content. And I made this promise. I said, I'm going to put the link so that you guys can at very least watch the show, watch the Ignition Show. And I did that at 1.30. It is now... p.m., and I'm regretting it a little bit. (laughs) I'm I'm regretting it a little bit because now I'm going to bring them into the show. They're going to want to watch. They're going to want to see us at our best. And are we at our best? No. Always. We are not at our best, man. Always at our best. This is at the end of a... But you know what? I just shared the link. And so it's too late. We'll see what happens because we... One thing about uh, Hyman Roth is he always made money for his partners. Always remember that. Hyman Roth always made money for his partners. So, and yes, Godfather Marathon multiple times. 
this past week. Lots of great stuff went down. Hopefully, you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did. I went uh, hung with the parents. Uh, I hung with the Giovannis. It was good stuff. Laid kind of low. Had a good time and played it. Played played you know low key on the DL, the down low. And watched a fair amount of sports. The NFL that was available, games that weren't canceled. I hear that the Steelers and Ravens game has now been bumped back again to a new, uh, another new time. It's like a three forty-five start time on Thursday or something. Wednesday. Wednesday. Right now. Wednesday, yep. as of right now, which means maybe, maybe not. Well, I mean, this game was originally scheduled for Thursday night uh, on Thanksgiving at eight o'clock at night, and it got pushed back to Sunday and. Then to Monday, and then to Tuesday, and now till Wednesday. Monday, Possibly. Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday. Since we're At doing some Godfather, point it's just going to be canceled, or who knows? I, I mean, I don't understand the whole logic behind continuing to push it back and not just what sticking it at the end of the season or something. I don't know, just figuring something else out, but I guess... Putting it in the books as an, as a, as an official tie? No, just make them play uh, like they like the, however they're ready to go. They made Denver play like that on Sunday, and now I do understand that Denver's was some of their own... The, the, the situation was caused by their internal failures, but... Well, that's a very politically correct way to say it. So what was the deal? Like a coach, they were not wearing masks. There's video of them not wearing masks, and then they well, all got no, sick, the, and so that's their exactly fault. The, but basically, Denver, their third-string quarterback that they brought in, uh, ended up testing positive for the COVID. But the first, the coach, the quarterback coach, and the two, the starting quarterback and the backup quarterback were all in the same room with this guy, and no one had masks on. And so... They, you know, the contact tracing put the whole quarterback room out for the game. And the NFL said, sorry, you know, it is what it is. Yikes. Very interesting. Well, everybody... so I don't understand why they continue to push the Steelers and Ravens game back and not just at some point force them to play with what they is. got. I, you know, I'm not exactly sure. Right. What the circumstances are or how they're different. Or what have you? I like that, or what have you? But the Ravens also had an outbreak within their situation. I mean, it, you know, it's it's rapid. Look, the same way it's going everywhere. You know, and sports is always a microcosm of our society in general. You know, it tends to to be so. Much like you see, the numbers everywhere are you know are rising. Well, the cases in in the sports that we watch are are rising too. All well, the sports that we watch, really, the the NFL is the only sport on right now. So, and college football which you've seen a lot of college football games have been canceled or postponed or, uh, you know, our local team uh, had a couple of weeks now off and they're finally coming back next week because of the same situation. Well, there you go. What an insightful analysis by Giovanni in Miami. Wow. The uncaffeinated. Very interesting. Very exciting. So we had Formula One this past week. It was, uh, wow, the first lap got Cray. Lewis Hamilton wins the race, Max Verstappen second, Alex Albon third. Uh, But the crash that stopped the earth from spinning, Roman Grosjean threw a triple-layer Armco-style barrier, and it's like nothing I've ever seen in my life. 
and I, I think I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. We've all watched a lot of racing. You think about, what was it, Le Mans, 1955, Mercedes, 55 people killed, something like that, um, that shot. That Obviously, that's the worst auto racing crash in history because it took out spectators. And this is not a list I really want to build. The Building lists is something you do in talk radio, you know, hottest chick ever, best comedy, the you know, movies. Worst, most devastating auto racing crash is not... Not really the kind of list I want to be building, but if we were building a list, this would have to be on it because it is something that we have never really seen before. A car, first of all, uh, a car goes through a barrier partially and half of it is sheared. uh, It's basically sheared in half and half of it ends up on the other side. Half of it is on the original side. In a ball of wicked flames, the driver is engulfed in flames for, uh, we counted, I believe it was 15 to 20 seconds. I I remember counting and just feeling sickening, watching the car burn a raging inferno around Roman Grosjean. You're wondering, is he, where, where is he? And suddenly he gets up and walks out and he's okay. And he's in the hospital and he's waving with his hands all bandaged up and That's how Sunday starts. And Twitter immediately lights up. It was on the world news tonight. It was on everywhere. Obviously, they say if it bleeds, it leads. Well, if it burns, it churns. And this was churning all over the media. It was insanity. And I know everybody has seen it. And all I can say is I feel personally lucky. I don't know why, but I'm in racing. I work in motorsports, it's an industry. I think about all these Formula One drivers. We do, you know, do we love them like we loved Dale Earnhardt? You know, maybe, maybe not. I'm sure Roman Grosjean's got a lot of super fans out there. And to face that fate of what happened, a ball of fire and seeing the back of the car, and you know the other half of the car is not visible. Where is it? Is it disintegrated? Because it didn't go through that barrier. How could that? Oh, no, it did. It went through the barrier. And most important of all of this, Roman Grosjean is okay. And how in the world is he okay? Not only that, he walked away. He ran. Yeah, he ran away. He ran away. So what does this mean? Of course, you know, back in the day, I would have gone on a rant, a tirade about safety and about all of that. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Wisdom. You know, flapping my arms about oversight that this is one of the world's premier facilities. This is in uh, what Bahrain Uh, money is not a factor there. We know this money is not a factor. Well, we couldn't afford to put in the concrete walls. So we put in this uh, Armco wall, you know, because it was uh, cost effective. From what I understand about Bahrain, that kind of like, um, they used to say about R.J. Reynolds, you know, T. Wayne, we have a lot of problems at the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, and money is not one of them. That's kind of <laughs> what they say about Bahrain. Money is not one of them. Someone designed the track that way. The track was designed with the Armco. He drove through the Armco, got out on the other side, a charred, burnt, disintegrated carbon fiber puddle. So obviously we got to get rid of the Armco. 
<laughs> that's that's as simple as it gets. Got to get rid of the Armco, or if it's even called Armco anymore. You know, it's like a Xerox copy, or a inline skate is a rollerblade, or a um, a tissue is not a tissue. A Kleenex is a tissue, etc. Whatever that's called when Q-tip, a Q-tip for a cotton swab. Whatever. Clorox. Clorox is a style of bleach, but everybody I assumes can go it's Clorox. On all day okay, Cal, well, I'd like to hear you go on beyond those because I think you're running out of material. I already used a couple of the big ones. So, how many more do you have? And what's the name for that? There's a word for that. When a company name becomes so synonymous with the product that even though that's not what it is, that's what it is like rollerblade. Like Kleenex. Yeah. I, the, I don't know the You name. just said you could go all day, so let's hear some more. No, that's it. You, you know, I, 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 broke your, I broke your rhythm. That's fine. You did. I broke the rhythm. You made me lose my concentration. I mushed you. It's fine. You that's why I'm the cooler. I cooled you down. That's exactly it. That's fine. But so Armco, whatever, that metal guardrail, the one that they got rid of many, many years ago because it was ripping drivers to shreds. That one. Well, it almost struck again, man. What saved Roman Grosjean? What saved this human being? What saved all of us from witnessing the most horrific? Don't worry. It's going to lighten up a lot later, folks. The show is going to get fun and funny when we talk about (laughs) Nate Robinson getting KO'd on TV by a YouTube star. So stick around. And this is not going on forever. So if you are a Patreon and you missed it and the link went up, I fulfilled my promise. I put up the link. It's there. But Gio, Gio's got it. He's got a very early appointment. So, you know, I would stay here all night. But Gio's oh, got a very you. early hey, well, appointment. You no, know, you go ahead and stay here all night. You go ahead. I can just check out whenever I need to. Yes, you can. No, this is going to be tight. This is going to be tight this morning. So people can get up and watch the E-Part trade Ron Caps versus Antron Brown thing at 10 a.m. Eastern. And then later on in the day. And they'll all be signing on. And in the chat, asking great questions. Wow, I can't believe something like this is going on. It's so great. Thank you for doing this. The halo is the reason he survived. Remember all the debate, the constant debate about safety, the debate about safety. And what did we think about this? Oh, it was ugly. It was ugly. The flip-flop. It looked gross. All you saw on the car was that for the first 10 races. But then we learned and it kind of faded in and the manufacturers incorporated it better. And we evolved as people watching. And they evolved the design and they made it better. And now we can say with certitude that it saved a life. And saved us from a nightmare Sunday morning on Thanksgiving weekend. Because if there is no halo, Roman Grosjean is instantly killed in the most horrific of ways. And we don't want to see that. Nobody wants that. And we somehow... We somehow dodged a bullet, and the guy is okay. He's in the hospital. Pietro Fittipaldi is going to take over the ride this weekend. It's going to be very cool. The Miami-born Brazilian, according to the press release. Press release. Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that make you a American? 
Yeah, as you far as I know. Kind of like uh, the press release that I read somewhere, it said... I mean, Pier- I've heard that you, you might have Cuban residency being born in Miami, but never Brazilian. The Miami-born Brazilian. Mm. <laughs> Okay, I mean, we could fight about who gets the guy, who doesn't get the guy. Depends on who you are and what you think and what you care about. But the way I understand it, the law states, or at very least, he is an American citizen if he was born in Miami. Yes, that is a fact. Right? Uh, Someone who works, tends to work with uh, immigration occasionally, you? If he was indeed born in the U.S., that makes him a U.S. citizen. He's an American. Yes. So well, let's call him an American here. The American we've got makes an, him an American. He makes him yes. American. So we've got an American driver and an American car going off this weekend in Formula One, which is kind of exciting. And, you know, Pietro has been around the team and we'll see what happens. All kinds of questions. Lots of photographic evidence and different stuff. Motorsport.com got some story. You can go check out your stories and do your deep debrief. Um, I'm just feeling lucky and didn't want to see that, uh, you know, to anyone. Don't want to see it happen to anyone. And let me read some of this uh, story from Motorsport.com, Jonathan Noble and Matt Summerfield. Um Roman Grosjean's escape from his fiery crash in the Bahrain Grand Prix was one of the most public displays about the safety advances Formula One has made. That the Frenchman was able to climb out of his disintegrated Haas, which had plunged through the crash barriers and burst into flames, was rightly hailed by many as a miracle, which that's the word miracle. Um, But I don't think it's divine, like a miracle miracle. I think it's a miracle of effort of engineering to keep pushing and pushing and pushing to get to a point where things like that can happen. But we need to so get it wasn't like the force was with him or anything. Like well, that. you know, someone could argue against me and say that the force absolutely was with him or, or as uh, according to Hoyle miracle. What? According to Hoyle, Hoyle, Hoyle miracle. Anyway, I don't get yeah, the joke. Anyway. I don't get the joke, man. <laughs> Hoyle? From, uh... <laughs> Never mind. No, what? Somebody gets it. I can't leave me be the only one that doesn't get it. Pulp Fiction. With it. Well, a miracle. a miracle. Well, that's it. A miracle. Came... A current. Well, <laughs> exactly. Like God came down and stopped the bullets from hitting us. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. I just don't... I still don't get your reference, Hoyle. It's that Hoyle's rules of games... Oh man! And that's, he says, "I miss." I don't that. know if it's according to Hoyle Miracle or not. But Jules says that. Jules, well, <laughs> um, okay. Well, we're on the same page at least with the reference where the guy comes out and shoots the giant gun at him uh, and unloads it and doesn't hit anybody. A miracle, like a bona fide miracle. Whatever it is, it could be miracle whip. It's something special, and we should not deny what we just saw. Speaking of Pulp Fiction fans, for those of you who haven't noticed, believe it or not, Giovanni, there are some Pulp Fiction fans who did not notice John Revolta as Santa Claus with Jules in the new Capital One commercial. Do you know any? Say what? 
Do no you way. know How any? Can anybody not notice? How can anybody not notice that was John Travolta? Is a great question that you should answer. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I guess that you know, I, I would can only assume that if someone didn't notice, they must have been concentrating on Sam Jackson's T-shirt and the Whopper, the Royale with cheese. You were so excited know. about the Royale with cheese that you didn't even notice <laughs> that John Revolta was Santa Claus. Um, and, I mean, you, you can say that, but I mean, I don't know if that's accurate entirely. I mean, who knows anything these days? You know. Some could say that. Some may Some could say. say that. But, but you know, that, that it was just, oh, I didn't realize it was an old version of John Travolta. I thought it was like Santa, Mrs. Santa playing the part of Vince and Mia Wallace. Right. Well, Mia Wallace wasn't there. They couldn't get Uma. I definitely, right. And so, you see, I definitely picked up on the, on the dance and on the whole thing and on the jewels, you know, Sam Jackson's role. Right. But, I, you know, I... I in my probably state of mind at the time, I look over and it just looks like some regular old Santa. And since it wasn't Uma, I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, but, but then fun on Pulp but, Fiction. But then you unfolded the layers. It, it was revealed to you. Hey, man, that's John Travolta. And it was like, <laughs> right. Well, obviously, it's like the arrow and the FedEx logo. You know, you can't, you know, see until you see it, then that's all you see after you know it's there. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. So we're happy Roman Grosjean is alive. Uh, Haas F1, you know, did, you know, do they build a great car or whatever? Uh, the safety standards in Formula One helped keep him alive. The safety standards of the track almost took his life. That we can't have that, and it's it's more the angle of the guardrail coming outward. Those short shoots where trucks and safety vehicles access the track. You know, you've got to have these breaks in the wall. And for those that have followed drag racing, you remember Blaine Johnson's horrific incident took place in one of those breaks in the wall where they thought, oh, this is a great idea. We'll just make an angle, and that way the truck can sit there, and it's protected, and then they'll zip right out onto the track. Wow, great idea. And it turns out it's a terrible idea because it increases that uh, the, the angle, the critical angle that we remember from, uh, you know, Dr. Dean Sicking, I think it was, with the Dale Earnhardt uh, investigation. They came up with a whole bunch of elements, and critical angle, the angle of impact, was... A big part of it. And that's why in drag racing, we got rid of all of that because it's really hard to get to that extreme critical angle if the wall is parallel to the direction you're traveling. Well, in this case, the wall was angled out. And when Roman Grosjean got on the front wheel of that other car, it kicked him a little bit to the right. The wall is angled a little bit to the left. And that put him at just about, just about, 90 degrees plunging into that steel barrier like a needle into an arm and he pierced it and somehow came out on the other side in a raging inferno things that mattered one luck what do i give the most credit to luck it happened early in the lap they said flat out if it had happened late in the lap, the safety cars and the safety everybody would have taken considerably longer to get there. He would have been burned a lot worse. 
Well, know, it was the first lap. It was Remember right that? at the oh, start cool. of the race on the first lap. They were like three turns in or something. And so the the safety teams are like following along. And they basically caught right up and chased. Uh, that's number one. But that he was not unconscious. If he was unconscious, bad news. No one's going into that fire. There's nothing that you're going to storm into that fire to get somebody. Like, that's not even back in the day, the old NHRA silver suit guy, which the safety equipment nowadays is way better than that. Even though that looked like radioactive, like you could go in there and change to lithium crystals with it. It's just not not as good as what we have today. But there's nobody that can walk into that, a raging fuel and inferno and see and do a job like get an unconscious driver out of there. So we got lucky. Number one, we got lucky. And then all the safety enhancements and features, like maybe he did not get knocked unconscious because he had an amazing helmet and all the padding and all the different upgrades inside the cockpit. Maybe he didn't, the Hans, maybe he didn't get hit on the head because of the halo. All of those things working in conjunction to save his life. And then the safety crew gets there and, you know, they got these little handheld fire extinguisher bottles, which I felt were slightly insufficient, but I'm a novice. What do I know as a lay person? But the way it looked with the guys, you know, kind of fighting it, I would I would have felt like maybe they had a little more firepower. It would have been better. But they got the guy out and he survived. And here we are. Like, thank goodness. And Lewis Hamilton goes on to win the race, so everything was pretty much standard after that. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say. Yeah. After that, Lewis Hamilton goes on and wins. And uh, Formula One in the books. They're going again this weekend, and they'll be back there. Yeah, Bahrain again. Bahrain again. You know, do you need safer barriers? I heard people, you know, you need safer barriers. Well, I don't know if you need safer barriers everywhere, but here's what I will say. Once upon a time, I thought, you know, you need safer barriers everywhere. But after having some in-depth conversations with uh, Dr. Phil Surface of the, you know, works at the NHRA about crash dynamics, which is his hobby in addition to being a doctor and a pro stock guy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where safer barriers are necessary. That is to be determined by engineers. Let's just put it that way. But. There is certainly a right barrier for the right position. And it should be dictated by things other than financial cost. That's all. Like, oh, it's too expensive. That should never be the answer. Because everything is relatively affordable. When you're talking about people's lives. Like in that. What, you know, we're going we're gonna to lighten it up in a little bit. When we go to sports talk and everything else. But... What do you think the coverage would have been like for fans of auto racing? What do you think would have been the result of a fatality crash on the first lap of a Formula One race on Thanksgiving weekend broadcast around the world in that fashion? You know, we haven't really had um, we had a fatality with Jules Bianchi. Prior to that, it was Ayrton Senna. So... For all the people waking up or coming back from church or whatever to see that horror, 
Would it have shut down motorsports worldwide? No. But it would have been a very dire consequence. My point, so worth whatever the financial cost of eliminating that problem. And that's it. That's all you can say about it. It's all you can say about it. And I'm happy that uh, Rogro is okay and waving on Twitter and doing his thing. So, Yeah, in great spirits, I'm sure Mrs. Rogro and is extremely happy also. You would think you would you would hope. We would well. technically <laughs> technically if I'm gonna use geologic, you know, we don't know her. We don't know their relationship. We don't know what the true situation is. Well, you never know. I mean, she might be disappointed, maybe, you know. What the insurance policy is. Depends. Well, well, and, well and you know, and being the be- the benefactor, so right. This is dark humor, folks. It's dark humor. It happens We're after, after case, but... exactly. It happens after something dark happens. Dark humor, a dark, uh, dark other stuff. So, um, NASCAR news, because we're into the winter break. NASCAR, yeah, I don't think there is really any NASCAR news. Oh, um, I did see some sad news about one of the Hendrick crew members uh, was on his honeymoon down here in the Keys and uh, died in a car accident. Oh my gosh, Seven Mile Bridge. I don't know. No, that's not usually where it happens. It usually happens on those areas where... Here we go. I got the story from Hendrick Motorsports. Terrible tragedy. First time I'm seeing this. And this is, uh, you know, last week. 25th, yeah, late November. Yeah, I believe. Today, Hendrick Motorsports... 25th? 25th. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Hendrick Motorsports learned that team member William Rowdy Harrell and his wife, Blakely, were tragically killed in an auto... Boy, this show is really tough at the start here today. Tragically killed in an automobile accident in Florida last night. The newlyweds uh, were traveling to celebrate their honeymoon after being married on Saturday. Harold 30 was a standout tire carrier for Hendrick Motorsports for the last eight seasons. Most recently, the 88 Cup car of Bowman the Showman. He was also a two-time Xfinity Series champion pit crew member with Junior Motorsports. This is horrible. Our entire team is absolutely devastated at the loss of Rowdy and Blakely, said Greg Ives who was Harold's crew chief for the past six seasons. They were such positive, giving, and passionate people who could not have been more of a perfect match. Rowdy had an energetic and infectious personality. He was the heart and soul of the team and always kept us motivated. No matter the circumstance, Rowdy shared his love with the people around him and was loved in return. Although he will be greatly missed, his memory will continue to inspire us. Our prayers are with Rowdy, Blakely, and their wonderful family. Oh, my gosh. Before his NASCAR career, Harrell won three national championships as a walk-on middle linebacker for the University of Alabama. The native of uh, Moundville, Alabama, held a degree in human performance and exercise science from the school. <sighs> that's, that's a tough one. I'd love to know where that happened. I guess we could find out if we really would love to know. I saw, where was it, um... Did, did you say where the location there? You didn't say it? No. All right. I Florida. I you... It says Florida. You said something about the keys. You're I the had one heard it in the keys, yeah. I'm not exactly which key they said, but. Yeah, years Those ago. Things, you know, it's usually not all the way on the uh, down there and the last seven miles. It's somewhere usually, be you know, past uh, Key Largo, you know, closer, you know, in that, in that, in that first middle half is where a lot of those accidents happen. Because of the way the road is there, there's you know there's really not a barrier and it's just one lane going and one lane coming. 
And there's parts. that weird, uh, that weird, uh, no passing zone type thing. And sometimes people get impatient. And so we'll see. Um, here's more information. Um, head on collision on their honeymoon, oh. Florida Keys. Uh, lower Matacombe Key. Okay. He veered over the center line on US-1 into oncoming traffic Tuesday night in Lower Matacumbe Key. If I had to guess, I would say that's less than halfway, you know, about a third of the way down all the way to Key West. The know, car slammed yeah. head-on into a Ford F-250 pickup truck. The 62-year-old driver of the other vehicle uh, suffered minor injuries while his two passengers were critically injured and airlifted to hospital. See? Mm. Everyone in the collision were wearing their seatbelts. Yeah, you're moving out pretty much there. Very sad. Yep. Remember Alligator Alley? Yeah, before they fixed that, that was like one of the world's deadliest roads. I remember we, uh, me and my family, almost got taken out in a head-on. Obviously, I, I remember it to this day. And we were in the Trans Am, the race car, uh, which when it was on the street, if memory serves me right, we were on the alley. And folks, Alligator Alley, a two-lane road through the Everglades. If you watch Smokey and the Bandit 2, uh, where they get the elephant, I think there are some shots of it in that. And it was like one of the deadliest roads in the world when Gio and I were growing up. Because it was one lane each way for a long way across the Everglades. With no center barrier. No center barrier. And really, that's it. the and, shoulder, and, and no shoulder very on, much. On, right. Swamp on both sides of the shoulder. Right. And so people would drive. This would be how you would get from Fort Lauderdale to east side to the Naples west side and vice versa. So if you wanted to go vacation on the Gulf of Mexico side, something like that, that's where you, you would go. You'd have to take the alley. And it was like, uh, so we're coming back and dad sees a pair of headlights in our lane coming right at us. And we're hoping the guy makes a pass because what what you would happen is also at the time that it was 55 miles per hour. Again, if memory serves me right. Remember, we were, you know, saving gas or whatever we were doing. When did 55 miles per hour come in? Do we even know? I think it, that was in the late 70s with the gas crisis. Right. But I, right. But so how long was it? 55 miles per hour? Because I know it was like my whole childhood. Yeah. yeah. So it was 55 mile per hour. And it probably shouldn't have been more than 55 mile per hour on this two lane road. But you would get people that would go 50 or 45, or however they felt, whatever they felt, and you're stuck behind them and you can't get past them, and now it's like mind-bending because you're just going super slow through the Everglades with nothing, and you're trapped behind someone that is not letting you by, and there's no way to get by, and there's cars constantly coming from the other way. So it, it was a little twisted. Well, we see headlights coming at us, and this guy's not getting into the other lane, and they're side-by-side, side and they're coming, and, and the guy was kind of playing chicken with the guy he was passing. Like, the guy he was passing was like, I'm not going to let you pass me. I'll show you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get by you. You'll see. And finally, we had to swerve off the road on the right-hand side. Like, my dad, 
got on the brakes, you know, 55, 45, 35, 25, pulled off to the side of the road, got on the other side of the road, and the guy got by us. And it was, dra- it was dramatic moment. And now it's two lanes each way, big median in the middle. It's wonderful. You can go 110 yeah, no, no, It's like a, a two-lane two highway yeah. on each side. The limit should be 110. Like, yeah, it's like a giant highway with a big concrete barrier in the middle. And... A lot of people lost out there yeah. on Alligator Alley. Brutal. According to Jayski, November 28th, Santino Ferrucci could possibly add another racing discipline to his resume in 2021. The great Santino. Yeah, the great Santino. Uh, he's talking about NASCAR racing. Coming off his first season as a team leader in the NTT IndyCar Series, where he placed 13th in the championship for Dale Coyne Racing, Ferrucci confirmed to Racer Magazine, who is also putting on the E-Part Trade thing, by the way, that he is investigating options to compete in NASCAR next year. While the 22-year-old has said he has not had conversations yet, he does have a couple of people looking into a few different things. Uh, I don't know if it's a story just yet, Jayski. <laughs> I don't know. I got some people looking into some stuff. We're talking about it. We're looking at it. One of the great quotes. We're looking at it. We're looking at it. People are saying, sure. So there you go. Ken Squire, COVID update. That was uh, is one that we're tracking. Obviously, last week we did the Ken Squire uh, highlights, and I thought it was very well received. And the update, the most recent update, um, Dave Moody Today, 1 p.m., Ken Squire update, resting, working with his physical therapist and chatting with close friends and family on the phone as his strength allows. Also asked for an update on the top cup teams in 2021 drivers, so he wants to know. Uh, That is a good sign. Dave Moody, the godfather. Appreciate that. Ah, COVID. So dumb. Whole thing that we're still going through. Oh, well. But fortunately... There were some amazing things to take our minds off of it. And I think we failed a little bit, Giovanni. Hey, wait, before you segue, the speed limit became national maximum speed 55 miles an hour in 1974. And that's probably why we thought we've been, we've seen 55 our, lives. our entire life. When did it end? Um, oh, that is a good question. We didn't, you know. Let's see. In 1987, it was changed to allow speeds up to 65 miles per hour. And then in 1994, they they repealed the limit altogether in 1995, it looks like. Let me confirm this as I'm trying to just See, folks, this is why you listen to WFO. I didn't really mention you. First time listener. I really didn't go right at you, but this is why, because this is like rapid fire facts and information that you're totally unprepared for. Like you did not know you were about to learn about the 50 yeah, mile. There you per- go. In, on November 28th, 1995, Congress passed the National Highway Designation Act, which officially removed all federal speed limit controls. Since 1995, all U.S. states have raised their posted speed limits on rural interstates. Many have also raised the posted speed limits on urban interstates and non-interstate roads. There you have it. There you have it. The 
So it started in 1974. So right. what's, that's in Gerald Ford. That's Gerald save, Ford. To reduce fuel consumption because of the 1973 oil embargo. So we had this oil embargo, which we all remember in the gas lines and all that, and that was definitely horrific and terrible. So we set a national standard, 55 miles per hour, which was, I believe, misguided. That didn't work. And the cars were a lot less safe back then. Let's put it that way. You know, no airbags, no anti-lock, no all of the modern technology that we have, just like with Roman Grosjean, technology and safety has advanced. Uh, So maybe 55 was felt faster back then. I could tell you from the backseat of Firebird, it felt super slow. And it used to take us like six hours to get from (laughs) Hollywood to Gainesville for the Gator Nationals, 55 miles per hour. I remember getting pulled over in the Trans Am when we had the candy apple paint job on it by a police officer for going 63 and a 55 on the way back. And the the officer says to my dad, you got a mighty speedy car right here, boy. And called my dad boy. And, uh, you know, dad took it and, uh, you know, paid the ticket. But 63 and a 55. That's... I'm against that. So I'm happy that we're, and now the highest that's speed limit. That's what you get for driving a speedy car. Speedy car with a fancy paint job. Something like that. Maybe that's what he said. Not a fancy paint job you got here, boy. The boy thing is the only thing I really am sure about. What's the highest speed limit in the country there, Producer Giovanni? Is it 85 or 80? I think it's in D- the Dakotas. Look it up. All right. But 55 is like walking. 55 is brutality like walking and one of those things like oh yeah we're gonna save gas because everyone's gonna go slower it's like no you're not everybody's gonna drive harder to get to 55 accelerate harder and and me i'm someone who generally cares about that kind of stuff speed limits i'm against them i think there needs to be a super road there needs to be a super road for people who want to get the super road license and maybe even pay a little bit more to be on the super road where only i can go And I can go 110 miles per hour on the super road because I maintain my car and I maintain my license and I have my little extra thing that allows me to be super on the super road. That's what we need to have. And it's called the Autobahn and it's in Germany and they already have it. We kind of have our own version of the super road here in Miami now. And it's called the, uh, what's it called? The HOV lanes. Oh, yeah. All right, look, portions of Idaho, Montana, Nevada, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming road networks have 80-mile-per-hour posted speed limits. The highest posted speed limit in the country is 85 miles per hour per hour, and can only be found on Texas State Highway 130. 85, baby, 85. That's, that's nice. See, I think 85 could be a, a good number for a lot of places. A lot of places go 85. I wouldn't do it down here, though, in South Florida, too many people. But wide open spaces, yeah. Why can't that aid in, like, wide open West Texas if they do nice, good roads? Let's put it up to 100. And if you crash, you're just gone. That's all. Say, Libby? Yeah, I don't know if I really believe what I just said, but it sure feels good. Feels (laughs) good to say, get rid of speed limits. Get rid of them. Let's just let people go as fast as they want, whenever they want, on big, wide-open highways. Yeah, I don't think I actually believe that. But it definitely feels good to say. Yes. Well, there you go. I don't know how we got on that. 
the accident, the discussion of the accident. So I did start to say it's kind of a, you know, we've been dealing with this virus and the pandemic and all these crazy things. And it's kind of hard to find a bright spot in the darkness. And we do have good news coming with vaccines, etc. But last week on the show, we had a good time. It was a good show. It was a lot of fun. We did it. We picked up subscribers, I'm sure, because you guys were all sharing it and putting it out there. Like, this is a really intense broadcast. But we didn't mention that the Iron Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones old guy super fight was on Saturday. I think that Gio and I had eyes on Thanksgiving and we wanted to just get to the Thanksgiving. No, we we, we remembered Black Friday. Black we had the Friday sound effects going. Yes, we, we were all geeked up for 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 Thanksgiving and eating and festive. And- Which brings me to our Cyber Monday sale at WFORadio.com. Go to WFORadio.com and check out the store. You will find all kinds of amazing gift ideas for the loved one in your household. Not only can you get a WFO Radio mask for just $10, I'll throw some WFO Radio stickers in there and pick up the, uh, what's it called? The shipping. I will pick up the shipping as well for just $10. It's probably a pretty bad deal as far as I'm concerned, but I will do it for you anyway. You can get your shirt at nitrofishracing.com. But now it's pretty amazing. We are an Amazon affiliate. You can go to WFORadio.com and see an ever-growing list of cool gift ideas for the drag racing or racing fan in your life. For instance, Don the Snake Prudhomme's brand new book, Amazon Prime, to your door, $42.95. Click it! And maybe... They kick us back a little bit of money, which I don't really even know how it works, but let's get this thing going. Drag Racing, Warren Johnson, Kelly Wade's brand new book that Kelly, our great friend Kelly Geo, wrote about WJ is available. All right, Kelly. Congratulations. Way to go. Yes. Drag Racing History, Drag Racing Gassers, John Jaduga's Art of Drag Racing book, which I have right here. John Jaduga. 1995, The History of Pro Stock, Lego Technic Dragster, Hot Wheels Dragstrip, The Mark Fedstein and Associates Clock Christmas Tree, which you usually get in those catalogs, Bob Wilbur's book, Bats, Balls, and Burnouts. We have genuinely figured out how to profit off of other people's work on WFO Radio. each one you buy. Well, who knows? (laughs) I wonder what it is. I just uh, interviewed on this this, uh, ePartTrade.com seminar, Danny Nolan, Danny Nolan, who is uh, a chassis dynamics guru who created this chassisim.com software. And as I'm doing the research on him, he's got a book for $88 on Kindle. Like it's a Kindle book, Gio. It's not even a hardcover. It's eighty-eight bucks. That di- that the one that they read it to you. It, it's the, it's it, you you know they don't even read it to you. It's just words digitally transmitted to your device, the Kindle. Oh, all right. Nobody no, I even, thought that was the one that 
there's I know there's all oh, I guess that would be audio. Yes, that would be an <laughs> audio book. That but would be one that, you know, that, audible. That, I think even the author might read you the book in some of these instances. That's audible.com. Which I think is super cool. It is super cool. Audible.com. But anyway, it's called The Dynamics of the Race Car. And it's all these computations about how to get a, a car to perform. NHRA t-shirts, the Matt Hagen electric slot car, all kinds of great toys, and our new WFO Amazon store. So if you're a WFO listener and you want to see, like, yeah, let's see what they got. Maybe I'll get one of these things, and the boys will get a couple of coins. Or, or maybe we won't. Like, I don't even know how it works. So let's see if it happens. And also our great sponsors, like Marvin Rodak, RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, The Dragster Adventure. These are all great gifts. Total Seal Piston Rings, a gift if you know someone's getting an engine built. Samtech.edu, of course, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Uh, we're still repping SantaCore. Appreciate those guys for coming on for the month of October. I want to give them value coming on WFO. So if you do decide to get some SantaCore, tell them you heard about it on WFO. But I'm super excited about the, uh, the Amazon store, which I was reminded about because we played And we were so excited about it. Ain't cool being no jive turkey so close to Thanksgiving. And I wanted to see trading places. Yeah. yeah. I wanted <laughs> who putting that cools out on my rug? Who putting that cools out on my rug? I wanted to watch that this Thanksgiving. Didn't get a chance to see it. It was not available on any of the streaming services. Pretty uh You know, I have the disc. I told you we could have gotten the that. What are you gonna stick that disc in, man? Whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you gonna put your disc? Geo, you're talking about putting your disc in the slot. You have all That's these discs. exactly what I was talking about. You have all these discs, but do you have a slot? Yeah, I mean, I do actually have. Yeah, uh, the kids, the kids PlayStation. You just got to steal it. Yeah, well, no, no, well, the, I have the previous PlayStation version, but you know what? I haven't figured out how to. Oh, here we go. Let me uh, see. Flip the camera. Didn't Is work. That, Doesn't work on right. this. Right. Well, it's over there. Up there. There it is. Jive Turkey. DVD player. Sony six disc DVD player up there. What about the, uh, and for those of you that, that obviously can't see, because that means that's all of you. Right. uh, Except for me. I pointed the camera up at the top shelf of my closet in the office. (laughs) Yeah. That was very good that you considered the audio only podcast listener in the WFO universe. They love it and appreciate it. I'm not a complete moron. Yes, but uh, I think a little bit unnecessary. Also want to name check CIP1. You guys, uh, air-cooled folks, people that are into uh, Volkswagens, etc. Bobby Graham is our resident Volkswagen guy. But CIP1 uh, and KI over there is a supporter of WFO Radio. And um, that's a, their banner ad sponsor. They do a lot of great stuff. They sponsor Hartford and the Pro Stock team. So if you happen to be or know of air-cooled people, vintage VW community, 41 years, um, get on the website and click it. But I, I'm excited about our Amazon store. If you are a listener and you've got an idea for a great product that should be there that people will want to buy, send us the link. Joe at WFORadio.com. Because I say it right there at the top. Products selected for and by the WFO universe. For and by. And, you know, maybe we end up with a whole bunch of things in there. And people go, like, if you want drag racing toys, where do you go? You go to the WFO store. 
That's our goal. And I've been working on this project for like nine years now. We're making progress, Gio. I like it. Making, making the progress. Making the progress. So Tyson versus Roy Jones. Saturday, oh I see the promo, goodness. and I'm like, I'm down there at the Giovanni's house hanging, and I'm like, to Gio and Mrs. Gio, I was like, hey, guys, uh, we got to get this. You know, we got to get it. And, you know, I got raised eyebrows. Oh, really? I don't know. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be nostalgia. We got to see this. This is going to be a cultural phenomenon. How many of you people out there in the WFO universe watched the fight? I don't know. I don't think a lot. I think it was under-hyped. I know we did a bad job because we did the show on Monday. If we had done the show on Friday, would we have promoted it? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, because by then I had it had already come into my uh, existence. Sphere of awareness? Yes. Into the sphere of awareness. And as soon as I thought about it, like I, I, um, I like boxing. Do I love boxing? Yeah, I think I maybe love boxing. I've been involved and interested in boxing at one level or another. I don't consider myself an expert by any means. There are people that are much more expert level than I am. But I definitely love watching a big fight like... Hearns Leonard, like Hagler Leonard, like Hagler Hearns, like back in the day, like Muhammad Ali versus Jerry Quarry, the great white hope. Like I like watching boxing and I followed the whole run of it. And when Mike Tyson came on the scene, it was a big deal. Customato, Mike Tyson. Did I like him? Did I not like him? Did I like the style? Did I like, I don't know, but I lived that experience and it was, was it life-altering? I don't know. You're a middle school kid and you watch Mike Tyson. Like, you think it was a civilization-altering thing that has changed heavyweight boxing to this day because it, it, it went from this Queensbury rules, boxing, scoring, points, occasionally there's a knockout maybe thing to a game of knockout. How long would this game? How long would this guy last? What would happen? I remember watching Michael Spinks like try to crawl out the bottom of the ring. Ninety seconds. I remember watching that fight. We got that fight. Was that a was that HBO or was that pay per view? Did my parents pay for that? Like on TV or something? I don't know. But I remember watching that fight, and I was thinking maybe Michael Spinks beat him. (laughs) No, he won't. And so my Mike Tyson, Iron Mike. Tyson comes out there, the Robin Givens thing, all the all the stories surrounding Mike. And he's just come out in the black trunks with black shoes, no, no socks, socks, no nothing. And he was intimidating as hell. It was he he had guys scared before he even got in the ring. I I, I was scared. I mean, no, I'm I mean, my the house. Guy's fighting him, well, of course. I... I'm I'm scared. The other night, the guy's 54 years old. I'm still scared of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, you can see that there's some sort of like extra layer of intensity there. And if you've ever heard him on the Joe, Rog- Joe Rogan podcast, some of the best Joe Rogan podcasts, not that I listen to them all, but the ones that I listened to were with Mike Tyson. And it's he's so crazy how he's evolved into this like pacifist kind of character. And he had his troubles and went through his money, whatever. So the fight that never happened was Roy Jones, who was not really a heavyweight. He was a boxer, pound for pound. That's what they always called him, pound for pound, the best fighter in the world. Roy Jones had his own style, and he was kind of like 
a bigger, heavier Floyd. The, the, the skill was to not get hit. Score some points, not get hit. Had some power. And then Mike Tyson. So somehow they decide, hey, they're gonna, we're going to try to make some money. We're going to try to cash in. We're going to do it. I guess they, was there a charitable tie? I don't know. I heard Mike Tyson say the best part of it is that we're doing it to help people. I was like, oh, that sounds great. Did they actually help people? I don't know. But even if they helped themselves, they're helping people. Oh, man. First of all, <laughs> at 50 bucks, this thing is giving us content right now. But it's not even about the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight. Like in the end, that turned out to be really good. I thought it was an entertaining fight. I'll tell you, they called it a draw because you can't you're not going back to see it now. I felt like it was a draw. My friend said that they thought Tyson won. I scored the fight a draw and then it came in a draw. Um, If it was a real fight. And not a hard sparring exhibition I guess I can see why you would say Mike was the winner because he was the aggressor a little more often and Roy was tying him up a little more often. But Roy hung tough with Mike Tyson, man. And to me, that's worth something. Like, that's scary. Mike Tyson at 54 years old, he looked good. He didn't look like crappy and he survived. He looked good. He was coming on. He was getting good. Apparently, he'd been training with MMA fighters. He said something about, like, the gods of war have summoned him. He smoked weed before the fight. All kinds of stuff coming out. Well, Snoop Dogg was there. Well, all of that stuff I just told you, it all pales in comparison to something else that happened. Something totally different. That was, like, sideshow. They had two, they had four fights and four, like, rap concerts. It was, like, fight, rap concert, fight, rap concert, fight. Snoop Dogg, big fight. So the second to last fight is NBA three-time slam dunk champion, Nate Robinson. Do you know about Nate Robinson, like where he played and what he played and what he did? I'd love to have some stats about Nate before we totally destroy this guy because he's a. it just goes to show you people Dude, uh, as far as I remember, he was he played for a few teams. I remember him being a Nick for a while. All right, so he's uh, better than he a journeyman. At least ten years. Okay, so so he years. was around the league. NBA athlete, and everybody thinks the NBA guys are the most conditioned, whatever. So he somehow is in his first boxing match, and he's going to go up against a dude that is in his second boxing match. And the guy's what's his name, Jean Paul or something. Don't even know no, the guy's Paul, name. Paul, something like Paul. Paul John. Paul John. Paul, Paul Jean. I think Paul's his last name. Tracy Paul. No, no. Paul, 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 Paul Jean. Boxer. Non-boxer. YouTube car star. He's not even a, he's not even a boxer. He is a YouTube star. And that's well, why they kept hyping but the guy. This was not his first fight. He's he, his second fight. he's trying to become a, a boxer. Correct. Right. I'm searching for his name. You know what? That's a big mistake. Search for Nate Robinson's name, and I will find out who he is immediately. His name is Jake Paul. (laughs) Jake Paul. Jake Paul is billed all fight long as social media sensation. (laughs) That's what he is. Jake Paul. He's just some dude. I don't know him. I don't know what he is. 
but he's uh, you know light skin, light skinned, uh, light complexion guy. And then you know Nate is getting in. He's uh, boxing, and uh, here he is. He's an NBA star, and he's going to go and he's going to fight against Jake Paul. Here it is, right here, YouTube sensation, Jake Paul. What does he do? And so he comes into the fight, and, and, <laughs> and Snoop Dogg takes over as commentary. And uh, the rest is history. And <laughs> oh lord! Oh lord! Because the guy got knocked out twice in forty-five seconds. Because this is an unsanctioned boxing, whatever you want to call it. This is not sanctioned. Nobody wanted to touch this with the old guys. They put on a show, and this Nate Robinson walks into a punch, gets knocked out. He's down, but he wakes up and he gets up. And that's why they're like, "How did he get up?" And then they start to fight again real quick. And this Jake Paul YouTube sensation catches him with like an overhand right full on in the side of his head. And that's when Snoop Dogg goes, Lord! And he is out. And it's like Apollo Creed in Rocky IV. Like there's no medical staff. There's nobody. He's just lying unconscious face down. And Giovanni is laughing hysterically. I'm getting texts from all my friends. They're all laughing hysterically. It's a horror. I, I was I I was laughing for a while. We were laughing that whole that and that that entire fight. For, I mean, they were what two minute rounds? I believe it was it such was. sloppy, terrible fight. And People who don't know how to didn't fight. Didn't even fight. get through the second one. It was, but it was it was the most comical four minutes of our life. Like I, almost, I, I I gotta tell you, at least in, in recent memory. Definitely of your 40s. Definitely the biggest laugh you've had of your 40s as a 47-year-old. I mean, is that fair? I Yeah, I would say so. When did Absolutely. the Rick James uh, Chappelle oh, show no, thing that happen? Was early 2000s. Yeah, see? Since Remember, he, he took the hiatus after that. The Chappelle show, Rick James... Right or or the Charlie uh, Charlie Murphy right. True the Hollywood Charlie stories. stories right that Correct. Charlie Murphy True Hollywood stories had me laughing big time that was like yes. two thousand four or two thousand five like I don't know Game when that was that had, yes that had me laughing hysterically okay this was maybe the biggest I've laughed since that because watching two dudes who don't know how to fight fight it out and then one of them like walk into a devastating punch and be knocked out and just like, you know, you're not supposed to see any of this. You're not supposed to see any of this because it's, I said it on the Patreon show earlier in the day. This is not politically correct. What we're doing. We're laughing at somebody almost. So Nate Robinson goes, well, from, well, we, we he was okay. Not, you know, well, I, now we know he's okay. <laughs> but when he was unconscious face down on the mat and now they're celebrating and he's just there. We didn't know that. Yeah, no, that was not. It, it definitely looked a little scary for a few minutes. There. But were you acting scared? 
No, I was not. I was <laughs> not. But, but Snoop said it was okay. Snoop did, did not uh, appear to be scared. He was there. The, the, ma- the line. He was watching live, and he said not to worry about Nate. What did he say he about Nate? Nate was from the hood. He said, don't worry about Nate. He's from the hood. Sit him up. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's commentary. Not that anybody in this audience knows or cares about Snoop Dogg, but. I think everyone in the audience. Uh, uh, Do they? I, uh, Okay, let me rephrase that. I, I think a good amount of our audience knows who he is. Okay, but nobody cares. No, I, no, I don't no. care. Even we don't really care, you know. But his <laughs> but, commentary was great. Like, the guy was great. I, I definitely think he's going to parlay this into a gig as a boxing announcer. <laughs> uh, apparently, I was doing some quick YouTube searches. He did uh, a really good job with Lakers play-by-play also. He just got a real straight delivery. He says stuff that matters without, well, and that's the thing. It's it's got to be the cable version though, because he definitely goes does Snoop Dogg very well, and you know, he lets him fly, and you know, he he sounds like us watching the fight. Well, when he, he's singing this uh, religious hymn as Nate is struggling to get up, and then the guy gets crushed. You can find it on Twitter, folks. I don't expect you to pay. Gets crushing. That's when he. But it's funny, you guys. Definitely, if you could, it's it's on YouTube. The the that Nate the the two minute or the four minute fight is on YouTube because uh, Mrs. Geo saw it the next day and called me laughing hysterically. Right, and so it is out there. Oh, Nate, folks, if you want to, if you want to spend a good three or four minutes of laughter and just you know the whole thing and the commentary it's, it's, and appreciate it's, and appreciate what a boxer does like that's that's part of it you want to appreciate the skill and the technique like what does a boxer know how to do like what do they know how to do compared to another world class athlete a, that's right his whole fighting technique his style <laughs> of running up to the guy that's what we were that's what, at first exactly not, you know, not that he was getting his ass whooped it was unorthodox to say the it least it was his unorthodox style and even Snoop was mocking the unorthodox style Saying he that 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 they trained him on offense, but no defense. He's like running at the guy. This guy's a world class athlete. Yeah, I mean, yes, this guy had ten career, ten year career in the NBA, most but, notably with the Knicks, the Celtics. But he just he doesn't the, know boxing. He doesn't know boxing. No, and, unfortunately, he he did not know boxing. He's from know? the NBA. Not boxing anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, like there's uh, just the, the endless memes. So what happened? What's the moral of the story? How rapidly your life can change. From one minute, Nate Robinson was esteemed NBA athlete, maybe 10 years in the league, three-time slam dunk contest winner. Definitely, without a doubt, to be respected, maybe revered by those who care about athleticism and being athletic. When he goes to a club, when he goes to a bar, oh, who's that guy? That's Nate Robinson. Oh, wow. when he goes to a place. I mean, Nate, well, to be fair, Nate's not a, like six six, you know. Two, but still, two, six, he played. You know, he, he was a point guard. He 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 probably has very physical stature. Is very much like mighty a little bit smaller than I am. But, He's 5'9", Spud Webb basketball reference. Spud Webb. No, well, Spud Webb was even smaller. But, but that's what but I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying that if you don't know who Nate Robinson is, you may not recognize him because he's not overwhelmingly giant like we're accustomed to seeing basketball players. Sure, but you don't have to be... Like, I think about the old radio station, you know, like Roy Foster, like athletes. Like, you know, Roy was a big guy. Roy Foster was but you don't have to be big. You just have to have been an athlete. 
Correct. That's yes. what I'm yes. saying. Like, it doesn't matter oh, how big you are. John Kidd, the, the punter, was a big deal because he's a former athlete. That's it. Man, you played in the league. You are a pro. That guy was a pro. John Kidd was a pro. He played for the Dolphins. Lendo Mari played for the Dolphins. It was a pro. They, wherever Joe you go, Rose. wherever you go, there is an esteem that rides with you until you try to box. And then you become the guy that got knocked the F out. Forever. That's it. This is going to follow poor Nate forever. Forever. There's no way to get around it. And it's just crazy. It's uh, Hey man, uh how you doing? Yeah, I'm Nate Robinson. Oh, <laughs> you're the guy. Nobody's gonna be it's three time slam dunk contest winner. Nobody is gonna be like that ever again. And it's I feel badly. Like that's the kind of thing. Like you could never have expected that was gonna happen. And it's not like he was fighting a fighter, he was fighting a YouTube sensation. But the YouTube sensation has been taking up boxing. Yeah, no, that guy was not small by any means. No. He like he was jacked up too. I mean, if you're a YouTube sensation and make a bunch of money, you can afford to work out all day. But that's what he's doing. He fell in love and he wants to fight against this guy and that guy and you know who cares? But uh, you know, Jake <laughs> Paul, like his big moment in the sun as a YouTube sensation. It was <laughs> knocking out Nate and and what what is it? This is a backyard fight. Like this is uh, this is. Uh, you don't want to see this. Like the boxing people are very upset about this. Like let's uh, let's talk about that. The boxing people are very upset about this because this is degrading to the sport. Apparently, Paul landed eight punches. Three of them led to knockdowns, including an overhand right that ended the fight. So. It's another that thing. first one where he clocked him like on the side of the head and the ear that was was pretty intense. Ray Leonard said, "You don't play boxing, and that's what we don't understand as normal humans who would never do such a thing. You don't. Yeah, no, there's it's not a joke. It's you're fighting. Even yeah, it's a fight. Yeah, in the end, it's a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight, and that's what they said. And Tyson was upset at the end. Tyson was upset because they keep talking to Roy Jones about, oh, man, you went in the ring with Tyson. He's like, hey, man, I haven't fought in 15 years. How come nobody's worried about me? Nobody's worried about me because he's like, I got to get in the ring with Roy Jones. And that's true. Roy Jones can hit hard. Roy Jones will knock your head off. At 51, Roy Jones hits me. You know what happens? I die. Like, Roy Jones could turn me off permanent with one shot. And Mike Tyson, 54-year-old man, went in there and mixed it up. It was entertaining, folks. If you get a chance to watch it, I would if you could see it for free. Definitely the Nate uh, – definitely that. Definitely. Nate R- Robinson. Nate Robinson. It was very funny. And so what does it do? It's a shining light of levity in an otherwise dark world right now. This was – it was hysterical. It was comic relief. In 2020, that it definitely was as we are coming to the final month the final of, month. This, of this. It's the final month now. Is long, it? To, well, you know. When they're listening, it is. Yeah, by the time they hear, by the time anyone hears this, it will be. It'll yes. be the final month. It will be. Final month of 2020. Happy December 1st. Okay, sports collision, and then we're out of here, because I know. Oh, I thought that was the, the, the beginning of sports Well, we got to talk what about how the Dolphins beat the Jets and pounded them into the ground. 
and humiliated the Jets again, sweeping the season. And the Dolphins win yet another game. Amazing. Amazing what's happening in Miami. The Miami miracle is happening. This team, nah, they're not going anywhere, but it's fun. It's been fun. Anything else? No, not really. That's it. You know, NFL action going on, college football, the games that are able to play are being played. And uh, Pat Mahomes. Uh, MVP. MVP Pat. One of the greatest of all time to watch. Like, the guy is amazing. Uh, you know, it's going to suck when he, like, gets a little older and loses that half step that makes him video game-like. But right now, he's total video game guy. It's incredible. Running, touchdowns, left and right. It's awesome to watch. It sure is. Watching. And that that, uh, that guy up there in Green Bay is no slouch himself. He had a pretty good game on Sunday night. The old, to, uh, you know, the old guy? No, no big deal. Yeah. Oh, that guy, Aaron Rodgers guy, I think is what they call him. I don't yeah. know. You know, didn't have a huge passing day, but he's, you know, he just threw for four touchdowns. He's all washed up. Yeah. Yep. Anything else? Sports collision, anything else that we need to think about for this coming week that we have yet to think about? Well, obviously, there's probably something that we have yet to think about that we will figure it out by Wednesday or Thursday. That's how it happens, folks. That's why we do a Monday show, and then, you know, you uh, remind us, and then we talk about it next week. That's what it is. A whole week's worth of energy, like me and Reinhardt last week, talking a whole show, and don't mention Cruz Pedregon and John Collins until the last minute of the show. That's my fault. It happens. <laughs> it happens. You just got to roll with it. You got to roll with it. That's uh, that's the way it is. And speaking of Reinhardt, that will happen in spite of my epartrade.com uh, seminars. 10 a.m., Ron Caps and Antron Brown together. Going to talk all kinds of fun and interesting stuff. And then later on in the afternoon, I believe it's at 4 p.m. Eastern, Ron Tobler, Jim Oberhofer, Kurt Elliott, Nikki Bonafonte. It's going to be, I want to just get them to geek out, man. Just geek out about stuff that's impressive and see what, what happens. It's going to be great. You can sign up for free at epartrade.com. If they ask you where you found out about it, say Joe Costello. And uh, and that is all. Um Thanksgiving, Giovanni, thank you for inviting me over for Thanksgiving. That was wonderful. I enjoyed the food. You guys did a great job. Oh, I have one more thing I wanted to put out there, but it doesn't have to be like on the air. You have to answer me. So Giovanni and Mrs. Giovanni purchased this toaster oven air fryer combination, and it was really good. I was surprised at how well everything came out with that. Is that the first thing you've ever eaten out of the air fryer? We used to have a, just a regular air That fryer. other air fryer you had, I had no interest in because it looked like an egg. This one is shaped like a toaster oven. So as good right. as as good as that other one might have been, that's an extra appliance for my kitchen, which I'm not doing that. But I do have a toaster okay, I oven. I understand what, right. not what you're saying. But the food is basically the same. I felt like the same way. it's just easier. And you can do so much more. Like, those chicken wings were fantastic. Hmm. You What, you didn't like them? Yeah, of course I, I, I liked them. What do you mean I made Okay, them? but the one that you got, you don't even like it. Well, I, I would like a bigger one. Is it was, It's not big enough for, for, for you know, for Cuisinart. Gio. Cuisinart. Yes. It, it, it's a good brand, and I like the, the method and everything. I just think it could have been bigger. So that's what I'm getting to the bottom of with the WFO universe here. Like this is uh, you guys giving me your call, your pick, just like uh, Derek Green is our Apple correspondent who just got the Apple Watch 6 and says it's amazing and he's ready to do a review on the show. What's up, Derek? But I need recommendations from the WFO universe on air fryer slash toaster oven combination. It's got to look like a toaster oven and it's got to make toast. But 
I need to be able to do all the extra stuff. Like Mrs. Giovanni sent me the Emerald one as a link, and it looks kind of like the one you've got. And then there's the Emerald XL version. Like, maybe I want that. I think I want the XL, the family size, even though I'm not a family. I'm just me. But I need extra space. I need space. So, but Emerald, I hear yeah, Emerald. That's why you live in a, in a, in a big house by I, yourself. I need space. I hear Emerald, and I think that the product endorsement means it's crappy. Bam. What do you think? Like the George Foreman grill. You know, as soon as you hear it's the George Foreman grill, it's like, I mean, is it, it's, is it a cheap thing? Dude, or? have you ever used one of these George Foreman grills? I have used the George Foreman grill. It's not nearly as good as the toaster oven air fryer. George Foreman grill. Well, uh, no, of course not. It's, it's good. not as good as the commercial quality, you know, Cuban style press without the ridges. But it's good. <laughs> it's good if it's better than a hot plate, which is what it right. replaced. It replaced the hot plate. Foreman Grill wins. But what about Emerald Air Fryer? Who's got one? Who's got a good air fryer? What's the best air fryer slash toaster oven? Let's go, WFO Universe. And size. Right. I need size. I need space. Size matters. I need space. Ladies and gentlemen. I need space. All right, Gio. This was good. You You said that the WFO Universe only gets 40 minutes. We went an hour and 20. Thank you very much for... Budgeting a little extra time. Do you have a final thought for them? Uh, I love the WFO audience. I'm very thankful for them and all the great things in my life. And this great Thanksgiving weekend that we just had. And the feasting and overconsumption of everything. It was. There was consuming. There was and, overconsuming. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the off season, And uh, we'll check back in next week. And uh, be sure to write down anything you want our opinion on. <laughs> write down write down what you'd like an opinion on, folks. You can tweet it at him. Geo in Miami. G-I-O-I-N-M-I-A. Thank you, Geo. See you later. There he goes. Giovanni in Miami. He's gone. I already got it. I already dumped him. That's it. Don't forget, everybody, Black Friday sales and Cyber Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday on WFORadio.com. Go to the new WFO store page and look at some of the stuff on there. Check it out. Get yourself a WFO t-shirt and a face covering. And get on board with some of this stuff so I can see how it works. I've been wanting to do this for years. And now I finally got it. I think it's a good idea. Maybe not. All right, everybody. Sorry to get so into the fight, but... You know there have been times in your life where you have broken down laughing. And you couldn't control it. And you were embarrassed by the fact. Because maybe you shouldn't be laughing at that, but man, this was one of those times. And I thought that those times were behind me, but I actually had one. And obviously, we're all thankful about Roman Grosjean, and we're excited about the Miami-born Brazilian slash American Pietro Fittipaldi. And we're excited about all you folks, and hopefully you watch on eparttrade.com tomorrow. You can sign up for free. All right, everybody, have a great day. WFO.